0: welcome to the city life lansing podcast we hope this message empowers you to love life love jesus love people and dream more you can connect with us at CityLifelancing.com. you belong here Yeah, yeah, City Life. We are continuing our series to kick off 2020. You know, there's some debate. Is this the kickoff of a decade or is it the end of a decade? Where are you at? I'm thinking it's the kickoff to a decade, but technically they say it's an end of a decade, but it just feels funner that it's the beginning of a decade, you know? And so there's actually much debate about it. People get mad. You get people trolling online. You get cyber bullies. You know, everybody's a little tougher in the comments section. I mean, we've never been guilty of it, right? start commenting on the Lansing State Journal, here's my opinion, you know. I want to tell you the problem, no solution, enter. I don't know, work, no. I just want to tell you what you need to do, you know, and where you should pass the ball. Anyways, we're kicking this off, all about putting God first, praying first, seeking God first. And as we Focus more on the inside. He'll take care of the outside. The last thing we want is this beautiful house that the inside is rotting. And taking time to pause and work on our inner man is so profound. And it affects the course and trajectory of our year and our decade. Had these studio speakers that weren't working. And that week in the studio, a couple people used the studio. And so when I found out the studio speakers weren't working, what was my first thought? Blame them. Who did it? Why aren't they working? What'd you do? Can you walk me through the scenario? Because the speakers aren't working. No, I don't know. They're working fine. Well, they're not working now. You don't. And so I checked the back power, then of course, oh okay, we're good. So send them to the manufacturer. They look at the speakers. It's a 150 charge just to look at them they call back. Oh, I'm not sure what's wrong with your speakers. They're working just fine. No, it can't be. He goes, "I don't want to, you know, make you feel bad or anything, but did you check to see first if they were plugged in?" I was like, "No. <laughs> but they've never been unplugged because the plug is behind this someone unplugged them." I said, yeah, no. Anyways, thanks for. Yeah, we'll pick them up. <laughs> you know, move on. Sometimes what's wrong is so simple, it's so basic. And let's go, let's just stay simple and stay basic. As we look at the simple, we stay in the basic and continue in that rhythm of first, we're going to look at Jesus' arrival in the ministry. Jesus shows up on the scene. Now, as a kid, we don't learn much about Jesus because he's living a normal life, serving his parents. And he's not going to show up on the scene yet until the culture esteems that priests, leaders, right around 30, they can be deemed to lead the children of Israel. And so Jesus submits to that culture, and he's going to show up on the scene at 30 as the Messiah, the promised one. And he's actually rejected by the church leaders, they don't think, man, he's the real deal. They think he's a counterfeit. But not only was he the real deal, he was the deal. He is everything. And as he shows up on the scene, he gets baptized. And this is what the Lord says. We're picking it up in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And I want to give us a disclaimer before we read the Bible. Who's here has heard the Bible before? Even a verse or whatever. Almost every person read maybe a little verse, every person here. Um, who here's flown before? Flown. We've all flown. Okay, when the stewardess is giving the instructions and stuff, how many people check out and don't really listen to everything they're saying? Come on. Because you heard it before. Okay, the last thing you want to think about in the event that something could go bad, that your chair turns into a raft, <laughs> and that there's oxygen that drops from the ceiling. It is not the thing we want to envision, so... Most of us would never be prepared for the scenario because we don't really listen to the instructions. And I guess for me is my concern for myself and all of us is we don't always listen to the instructions because we think, oh, I'll just really need the Bible for crisis time. Or, yeah, I know it's profitable, but it kind of comes in one ear and out the other. But I want us to lean in with such an intention today that it's life or death not only is it for the crisis but it's for the daily like for the daily that god's word is alive right here right now and so as we're now reading the scriptures it starts to increase our level of expectation We're going to read chapter 3, verse 17, and it says, Behold, a voice, right after Jesus gets baptized, from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. In life, I have a divine longing to be affirmed. Divine meaning you can't affirm me. doesn't matter how many compliments you give me. There's still a hole that only God can affirm. That I never think I'm good enough. I never think that I'm doing enough. But when I remember that God talks about me like this, because He talks about Jesus like this before Jesus ever did a thing the signs, the wonders, the cross, before He did any of that, He says, This is my boy, it's my son in whom I'm well pleased before we dive in today's topic, I think it's really important because we're going to be challenged. We're going to be corrected today. And we'll be convicted. But that we remember it's from a position as a son or a daughter. Now, if we don't know Jesus, he says he's the only way. And that if anyone comes to him, he won't, he won't push them out. He'll receive them. But we got to give up our life and we got to believe that he is the only way. And when we confess that through faith and believe that, our life is brand new. That's the miracle power of grace. It's the gospel, the good news, that you and me. So I want us to feel a little confident to know that God says he loves you and he's pleased in you. And that's not some health and wealth. That's the Bible. Because when we're hidden in Christ, That's the reward we share, too. Christ shares that with us. He's that amazing. So maybe you feel like you've never gotten anyone else's attention, but I want to remind us this morning that we have all of God's attention. And then Jesus goes. Here's how he's going to start his ministry. Chapter 4, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Okay, this isn't a fun one, but if we want to do anything big this year, come on, I know we want to do some big stuff. New year, new you. I'm about to start a business this year. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to get married. I'm going to do something big. I got big dreams. You should see what I'm going to do. Awesome, awesome. First comes temptation, though. And temptation is a test. The victory doesn't come. We haven't even got to the cross yet. We didn't even get to the miracles yet. We definitely didn't get to him raising from the dead yet, him sending the Holy Spirit. No, we're getting to see how Jesus starts his year, how he starts his ministry. That the Spirit of God leads him, leads him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I always laugh at that because think about it. When I fast for 20 minutes, I'm hungry. Jesus 40 days for well, of course he's hungry i mean that but it, yet Matthew chooses to put that in there he was hungry and then the tempter came and said to him notice this i want i want us to see this does the tempter come when the fast starts or when the fast ends so is it harder at the beginning or the ending it's harder at the ending in fact if we've experienced some temptations and some battles we're in good company and that's not a sign that something could be wrong. That's a sign that we should be encouraged, that we're marked. We're, we may be a threat. The devil only plays with people that are a threat. Period. This is real life. This is a big battle. So here the devil talks and he says, If you're the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what Jesus was doing with temptation number one was he was quoting his father's word. He recognized life or death, crisis, instructions, his power didn't even come from his. I mean, he, he, Jesus could have flexed, meaning he could have he could bring angels back. I mean, he could have just wrecked shop. You think he's got a nuclear button, it's then some. He created the universe, I mean, he could have flexed, but yet he's choosing to submit through the word. And yet, for us, it's the same type of power and understanding that this is a backdrop of what took place through children of Israel's greatest failure that for 40 years wandering in the wilderness, disobeying God, getting taken out of Egypt, out of slavery. But because God wasn't showing up on their time, how many people relate, man, God, you're not showing up on my time, we start to now grumble and complain and, worse yet, blame God, the one who gave us life. So the backdrop of what Jesus is quoting is Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might Humble you. Is it possible today that all of our tests and our temptations are to humble us? You know, we are called to humble ourselves. Otherwise, the Lord will humble us. And when He humbles us, it's humiliating. When we humble ourselves, it's liberating testing you that you may know that you to know that what was in your heart whether you could keep the commandments or not and he humbled you and let your hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone but by but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of god Here's what this is saying, that God's words are greater than any appetite I have. And how this would flesh out is today, if we thought of this example, deny Jesus and you won't starve to death or accept Jesus and you'll starve to death, which path would we choose? Well, it's easier said than done to just say it. It's harder to live it. But that's the truth is what's being said here. It's no matter what our bodies scream and God is greater than the temptation we feel. The story continues with Jesus in the wilderness, verse 5. The devil took him up to the holy city and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, the devil is quoting scripture. He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Maybe you've heard it put this way as, 90 percent truth is still 100 percent a lie. Because the devil's using the word. So somebody can come you, speak in, in the name of the they might not be from the Lord. So even this, you know what the homework is? You know why these scriptures on the screen? Because newsflash, you have access to the Bible too. <laughs> it's awesome. You can go home and see if this stuff's legit. You can see if it's legit. We can see if it's a real thing. Now I know it requires time, it makes us feel uncomfortable. And but look, time is directly related to love, and it's directly related to trust. And so we gotta carve out time for God. I mean Sundays ain't enough, but, but here's the cool thing about what we're doing, and I want to brag on you for a moment. Here's, here's what you're doing. You know, church has been known for so long. If you tell somebody you're going for church, it's almost like a swear word, you know? Like, oh, what are you doing Sunday? I'm going to, well, I'm this thing, city, I'm going to church. <laughs> you kind of, they're like, oh, and it gives everyone uncomfortable. And we know there's a spiritual battle, but get this for a moment. Church, we've made a mistake. We, people think when we're coming to church, we're on a high horse, as if we somehow have some higher moral standard. We have a moral conviction, but guess what? We're here because we need help. We come to church because we need help. Every single one of us. So this is a sign by saying, yeah, I actually need help. Imagine that. If someone here, you're going to church or they're going to prayer, they're like, oh, that's awesome. Man, that's cool. Everything Okay. (laughs) You tell somebody you're going to the hospital, they see you at the hospital, hey, you, you okay? If you're getting therapy, it's, it's encouraged. Oh, you're getting therapy? I'm proud of you. But yet you're going to church, it's, it's awkward. No, a church is a place of help. It's a place of hope. It's just like a hospital. It's for us to learn, to grow, because we do need more than an hour. But this hour stirs us up to reject lies and half truths. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus comes back with scripture. And then again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. This one's always got me and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, All of these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Have you ever heard people, you know, they joke around nonchalant? They sold their soul. Follow any conspiracies or Illuminati? They sold their soul. That's not funny, that's scary. In fact, when I saw kingdoms and I thought their glory and I thought it was cool, I remember dealing drugs and living that fast life. And it's just a small kingdom, but the temptations are so strong and so exciting and the the thrill and the adventure and the money, the clothes, the the people, the energy, the commitment, the mission. There's always something to do because there's always a fiend on the other line. There's always something to do. It's the same thing that's happening. And our kingdoms may look differently. Maybe for years it wasn't drug dealing. Maybe for years it just looked like... Maybe a business adventure. Or maybe it looked like a different bar. Or maybe it looked like that person we shouldn't be dating. But that kingdom and that glory. And imagine the temptation. Because we're not just talking local glory. He was showing him all of the glories, the kingdoms, all of the Babylons that would exist. The, 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 the spirit of the Antichrist at work all across the world. And all of the glory and all of the power that the devil has for a season. But he doesn't have the final say. Because the enemy's going to get destroyed and defeated. He's already destroyed and defeated, but he will get one day cast away forever when Jesus comes back. He's coming back. He's coming back. And then Jesus says this to him. Seeing all of that temptation, he says, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and you shall serve. In him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him. I love this. Jesus has to fight with the word, and then the devil leaves him, and then behold, look at this, verse 11, behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Some of us, we're waiting for the angels to come, but God wants us to go to war, and the angels will come. Speak the word, resist, flee temptation. So here, we're going to do a deep dive into for this for a moment, Okay. And and if if you'll give me the freedom to to challenge us for the next 10 minutes, and then 10 minutes after that, we'll 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 get to breathe. But I think we need to examine ourselves in the area of temptation and dive into temptations. And and what what does that look like? And, And temptation, I want to simply define it this morning as anything that takes our focus off of God. So temptations, come on, we know the obvious ones, but to define it on an intimate level of anything that takes our focus off of God. There's this clip that shows the darkness of temptation from a movie, Interstellar. And Interstellar, there's these NASA scientists sent to different planets to find what planet is habitable. Uh, that has, it's habitable to be able to take earth there, so to speak, take humans there and, and civilize. And Dr. Mann has created this lie because when he went to this planet, he realized he didn't have enough fuel to go anywhere else. And the only way he would get saved is to tell people that this planet would be successful and send a mayday cry back home, by uh, basically like a summoning, a, a beacon to say, hey, come on, come here, this place is great. Well, he was tempted to lie because he was all there by himself, and he was either going to choose death or lie to survive. And we don't know. So here's the thing about being tempted. It's easy to say, I would never until I was there. I think we've all done things that we thought we never would do. And so temptation is dark, and I think this clip illustrates uh, that in a cool way. Check it out. All the All the data. <sighs> Yes. There's no surface. No. I tried to do my duty, Cooper. But I knew the day that I arrived here, that this place had nothing. And I resisted the temptation for years. But I, I knew that if I just pressed that button, then somebody would come and save me. You know, one of the lies of temptation is that it will provide relief. Whatever we're feeling, that temptation, if we give into it, we'll get relief. But what temptation has ever delivered on that promise? In fact, it leaves us more empty, doesn't it? There's not a drink strong enough that doesn't make us want more, there's not a pill strong enough that doesn't make us want more, there's not a relationship that can fulfill us, nobody can complete us, only God. So then we're face to face. So here's the tempts, types of temptations. It's found in 1 John chapter 2. Verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, It's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world's passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. There's three temptations highlighted in this text. Number one, the desires of the flesh. The desires of the eyes and power. And pride of life. And here's what's unique about temptation, is we think we're the only one. No one else would get it. No one else understands. But we all get it. We all understand. And there's no new temptations. Man, I've been deceived with this one. Oh, no one feels like this. i got to give in to it. No. I've heard that same lie now from a lot of different people when they're deceived. And I've been deceived in my life. And as we're honest and vulnerable, we start to find freedom. See, temptation is when the devil takes something and perverts and distorts a God-given desire to be used outside of its intended purpose. So what that means is it's okay to have desires. God put those desires there. In fact, the temptations have God purpose when they're used right. But they have God distortion and distraction and destruction when they're used for the world. So a lot of times we think we need to get all better and perfect. The church has failed at this. Like, we've failed at this. In fact, when we look at the history of the church, it's sickening to think this. Like, in in church, this has been a real thing. You can't dance. Well, guess what? Now someone's going to have a temptation. I just want to dance. Well, David danced in front of the Lord like his clothes fell off. So where would we get that one? Oh, we start getting scared. Of how the enemy could work or well crazy one which this is crazy I mean you know how many kids and kid city are mixed like every welcome to city life the place where if you don't fit in anywhere you fit in here you know like if you you're trying to do a new thing like it's here but there was a day and age in church where you couldn't marry you couldn't have anyone from another race how that is straight satanic that's not even biblical Because sometimes the temptation to conform to the pressures in society or whatever is the cultural norm that we think we're serving God and we might not be. I want to be on the right side of history. I want to have the tough conversations now. I don't want to assume I'm right. I could be tempted to be off. Let's learn from the mistakes of those before us and let's start to embrace these desires and take them to the one who created us, not from them. Oh, something wrong with me. I'm attracted to somebody from another race. No, that's insane. It's literally clinically insane. It's crazy. I can't, I don't know if the Lord would let me, you know, make music for him. Or I've heard people say, man, you can't make rap music for God. Like, are you clinically insane? Where are you getting that? And this is why people are looking at us. Well, we read the same Bible. But we see it so many different ways. No, it's, there's some stuff that's very clear. God made all people, and the enemy perverted things. He created everything, and it is good. So we're not scared of these temptations we feel or face. In fact, James 1 puts it this way. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot... Be tempted with evil for, and he himself tempts no one, but each person is tempted and lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, birth brings forth death. So sin, when it's being fed, leads to death-like consequences. And we know that God is not the author of that. We get taken out easily when... When are we taking out? When we're alone and when we are idle. Alone and idle. Alone and idle. Temptations get very strong. I want to list some type of temptations here too to expound on some of those types of temptations, but some specific ones that we get, we got to get real right here, right now. Number one, sexual. Sexual temptations. Did God give you those desires? Yeah. But... A fire on the carpet in your living room is a lot different than a fire in the fireplace. One can burn your house down, and one has been thought through, has been premeditatedly, has been created for an experience that we can sit around and enjoy the benefits. That's what the drive of sex is supposed to be like in a fireplace. Otherwise, it'll destroy us yeah, destroy us, literally, and the temptations are real, they're everywhere, like I was going on a retreat a couple months ago, I get to Ann Arbor, I'm at this Airbnb, I'm getting, praying, getting ready, I'm so excited, I had time with the Lord, listening to stuff, and then the Airbnb says, hey, you know, just log into, uh, we got Netflix, it'll be up, our account's already ready, just get in, um, I'm so excited, I get to watch a movie, you know, I'm gonna watch a movie, so the thing about Netflix is whenever you, like, you scroll, it starts to play the movie, right, so I'm just like, I'm like, whoa, I'm so excited. I'm, gonna, I'm on retreat. And, and then, boom, I hit this movie, and I'm like, what is that? Oh, it's a naked girl. And I'm like, I'm on retreat. This is horrible. And then I start thinking, did I do something wrong? And you know what's crazy about the poll It was like, watch me. Watch me. Watch me. And I'm like, no, no, run, run, run. Yeah, I text Crystal. I was like, dude, uh, yeah, I'm on a retreat. I straight up just got on their Netflix, and like, I, like this, this one sucked. Like, I've made mistakes, and this one sucked. Because <laughs> I don't even want that in my mind. Because when, when we see anything or when we feed anything, guys, girls, pornography, anything, look, here. If I told you today, hey, so-and-so's on heroin, we would all be alarmed because we know the severity. Pornography has the same effects in the pathways in our brain as heroin. It creates addiction so strong. And that's how even an image like that could feel so strong. I hadn't even seen something like that years. I was like, wait, I got victory, but oh, that was a temptation. It was a battle. It was an attack. You know, but it goes away, and it didn't start then. It started all the way when I was a kid. It was Beverly Hills Cop at seven years old. First time I saw a boob was then. And I was like, whoa. Like, rewind. You know? But you know what's cool about it is when I start actually bringing those desires to the Lord, he has a lot to say about it. If you notice, you know, someone's pretty or whatever, he will say, yep. Cool. Dang, did I do something wrong? No, you just noticed all good, keep going. One preacher said it this way: you can control you can't control the first thought, but you can't control the second thought. I mean, just last night, the temptation's everywhere for us, okay? Just last night. I'm looking at different scriptures for us and thinking through today and praying through today. I'm on BibleGateway.com. Check this out. I'm on Bible Gateway. This is the Bible. I'm in Ephesians 6. I was thinking about maybe including this text. I decided not to. But over on the left, I was like, oh, Pac Sun, that's cool. You know, buy jeans there or whatever. If you keep scrolling down, I mean, I only screenshot just so you could see her face because you didn't need to see her body because she's in a bikini. Uh, wait, bikini, Bible? What? Get behind me, Satan. And, you know, and that's, here's the thing. I just gave a PG version of what we're all going through. And if we aren't vulnerable, that we need help, the enemy loves to keep us in the web, don't he? He loves to keep us in the web. He loves to keep us. You know, regarding sexual temptation, the scripture is very clear. We don't reason or negotiate with it. We flee. We run. Number two, um, attitudinal, like angry or lazy. It's a type of temptation. Verbal, speech, how we talk about our friends, our family, honoring people. Number three would be trust, maybe possessions and money. And five is a, a one that gets us. It could be in all different types of forms. Vices, as as crazy as drugs, but as real as our favorite candy bar. Does it distract us? Does it hold on to us? And when we're idle and alone, that stuff it starts to pull, pull us even more. I want to give us some ways to overcome temptation today. You cool with that? I think we're all guilty of, one of some of those, fair? Or we're all, even if we're not guilty, we're being tempted by it. And gosh, it, you know, we are too shallow. We're too surface level. We got to keep diving in and keep talking. We got to dive in. I'm looking forward to continuing this kind of culture at City Life and seeing where we all get. Number one, uh, um, ways to overcome temptation is to remember Jesus. The great news is that Jesus did it. He won. Hebrews 4 says, For we do not have a high priest, verse 15, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, meaning Jesus knows it's tough, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, Let us then draw confidence, or with confidence, draw near to the throne. Think of this. A throne is intimidating, but the throne of God is filled with grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we're tempted most, God gets it. Yet he was already victorious, and then he provides a front uh, a first-class experience to come right into the throne of heaven. Talk about intimidation. Have you ever met a celebrity and got a little nervous? The throne of heaven, but yet it's a throne of grace that's inviting. And that we feel no shame today that God's coming for our darkest places. That those areas you want to tell nobody about, that's where God wants to reside Those places where we feel shame and regret, fear, worry, doubt, depression, God wants to reside. And he wants to give us mercy when we need help. Number two, remember that we are beloved sons and daughters. This is key. Because sinning might be in my flesh nature, but it is not in my spirit nature. And the spirit is strong in me. Spirit's strong in you. And this isn't some superpower that some of us have more access to or less. If you're in Jesus, you got access. Come on, you can. Some people have said you can go to an ocean and you can bring a teaspoon or you can bring a, uh, uh, you know, a, a tanker, but the ocean's not going to care how much water you take. You can go to God and you can go with a teaspoon or you can come with a tanker. He's not going to care how much you take. In fact, He's longing to pour out more and more and more because we're His kids. We're His kids. Remember that divine affirmation that can only come from God? He's already saying it. And then number three, remember there's a way out, and God knows. Holy Spirit, help me when I'm tempted. Holy Spirit, help me when I'm tempted. A phrase we've used around here is, mistakes deserve a quick funeral and a slow reflection. So if you're in this place, you know, man, I I I, I sinned, I sinned in church. Oh, <laughs> sinning right now. Man. Well, I noticed Shorty, she was hot. I'm sinned, like whatever, right? Get real. Mistakes deserve a quick funeral, but to reflect, why am why am I acting that way? And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 told, tells us no temptation has been overtaking you that is not common to man. Now, we all go through this, but God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Part of overcoming temptation is starting to believe that we can actually overcome it. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of what? The way of what? The way of what? There's a way out. That you may be able to endure it. Worship team, if you guys would come up and play the keys for just, you know, some of these last points. Hey Amen. It's good, isn't it? He provides a way out. And this gets weird and silly, okay? I won't get too graphic because I want to be... But I remember even uh, early in the Lord, like if I'm, if I'm like, not only premeditatedly, if I'm in sin or whatever, I can look back and if you rewind the tape, it's, you could see the door to get out the whole time. But you know what's interesting about sin, whether, whether it's sexual or attitude or uh, whatever the sin is, you know what we do a lot of times? We want to negotiate to get out. I'm going to start reasoning why I'm here. Man, let me, well, why I'm here? Well, if I just try a little bit, I won't go that far. But God's, he's hitting mayday every time. He's like, right there, get out now, get out. Oxygen mask coming down from it, get out. You have a raft. Go, 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 go. I mean, imagine God. He's like, go, go. And then we mess up and he's like, no, no, no. And then we come back and he's like, fine, I love you. Go, go. You know, he sends us back out. Just this constant loop. You think your kids frustrate you. imagine how much we frustrate God. Thank God he's slow to anger and he's patient. And his kindness leads us to repentance. Oh, but there will come a day when we go to seek him, and it'll be no longer because he's returned, and it's final. We get the privilege of resisting temptation now. We get the privilege of repenting now. We get the privilege of showing him glory when it's tough. We get the privilege of, even before we have any breakthrough, to overcome the wilderness. So it doesn't mean something's wrong. Number four, we got to work out them obedience muscles, See, what sin is, is like a snowball. You feed it, it goes down, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and now you don't even know where to stop. You d- Look, this thing's, I've been doing this a long time, I can't get out. But obedience is the same way. It gets bigger and stronger and stronger and stronger and next thing you know, you find that the faith muscle, the obedience muscle grew. You know what I think obedience is? It's It's seen as old-fashioned, but it's new school. Like to obey is, obey your parents, that's kind of old school. Eat all your food, that's old school. But I think obeying God is new school. I think it's so cool. Obedience is so cool. Sometimes we might not even know where the line is, but it's okay. Our oldest son came back from a birthday party yesterday, and he said, "Uh, you know, Dad, I said, how was it? Dad, they were playing Fortnite, and... Uh, I was like, oh, because we had the talk. that He doesn't play Fortnite yet because we watched this Fortnite video about the dopamine it releases and the pathways it creates in kids' brains. And, and, uh, and you might be sitting here and thinking, oh my goodness, my kid plays Fortnite. Don't worry, I'm not consistent in my thinking. My kids play all kinds of other stuff that's crappy. I haven't just watched a video on that. We just watched Fortnite, but they're playing, you know, the Star Wars, Call of Duty. I mean, they're playing all Halo, all these other things. So I'm not saying, but for whatever reason, we've said no to Fortnite. We said yes to all these, other, but we said no to Fortnite. Well, here he is at the party, feeling a little alienated. You know, everyone's gaming. I was like, "Oh, you played Fortnite, right?" Like I wasn't gonna say he didn't. Like you shouldn't. I wasn't gonna. You know, remember I told you we don't want to be legalists. God's not looking for behavior modification, is he? No, no, He's looking for heart change. So He could have played. And I said, "You play?" He goes, "Nah." Wow, what'd you tell him? thinking, told him your dad's crazy, he didn't let you play Fortnite, you're that kid, you might as well be Amish, you know? And he goes, no, I said, I don't have this game, so I'm not that good at it, so I'll just watch you guys play. I was like, oh, pound it, thanks. And I thought, you know what, that's what obedience is like. He just wanted to obey his parents, that he wasn't sure where the boundary was, He just like, I'm not going there. And I thought, what a picture, that even if God says later, hey, you could have, Let's err on the side of maybe we shouldn't because obedience is amazing. Maybe we shouldn't. And can we, under that banner for a moment, can we start getting around people, not only that they relate, it's fun to be with somebody that relates, you know, side by side. Hey, you've been through some stuff. I've been through some stuff. But let's start getting around people who don't relate. So if we want marriage advice, let's not get marriage advice from those that have failed. Let's get marriage advice from those that are working. If we want to break through addiction, let's talk to somebody that's been sober their whole life sometimes. And I'm not saying it's either or. In fact, it's both. We need the person to relate with us, but we also need somebody that's like, you know what? You've broke through some barriers I don't understand. And maybe the lie that I believed, and maybe you believe this one too, is, well, they're goody-two-shoes. They don't, they, don't, they don't get it. But in fact... C.S. Lewis writes in his book, Mere Christianity, that it's the person that has pushed through so much temptation that has resisted in ways that the person that has given into temptation will never understand. So is it possible that they've destroyed more end bosses? They've won more levels and then they can help us and lead us as well because we need some help from people that are victorious to get around some people that have experienced number five get around people who've experienced victory that's it and they don't condemn there's some people that they've experienced victory but my goodness it's condemning i feel like okay that's great for you thanks for telling me how you did it can i can you teach me and then there's some people that have experienced victory And all they want to do is give you the codes. All they want to do is give you the codes. You guys still okay? I know we're going a little bit over, but I just think this is so good to to make a, a strong pass in our lives, to overcome temptation. Number six, this one's big stay on mission. God put into a healthy lifestyle to serve other people. This might be the year we get on the dream team. Well, my job won't let me. I can't be on the dream team. Maybe this is the year we change our job in light of our convictions to serve God. Well, maybe I'm not in a season where I can serve. Cool, then name your season. Maybe you're in a season of resting and waiting because waiting is not wasting but name it. Don't feel condemnation. Name it. Rest, heal, recharge. But it's Hebrews 12 too. We see this from Jesus. Jesus has got joy. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what kind of joy was set before Jesus? He endured the cross, mission, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus made a way through the pain, through the cross. You know what I think mission does? Mission puts us back on the offense. It's not about me. You know, Brother Jorge, I don't know if he's still here, but he was at the first service. Uh, Brother Jorge, longtime Dream Team member here. He's got, both of his parents are in the hospital. And his dad's there for infection, and different things. His mom was visiting his dad. His mom's 83 years old. Mom, visiting dad, decides to cross the street, Sparrow, you know, Pennsylvania, Michigan, go to Walgreens and gets hit by a car at 30 miles an hour. Mom, visiting her dad or her husband. So now Jorge, last week, got both parents there. Mom's on life support, you know, praying. And then he calls me, pastor, I come, we pray. You know what Jorge did? He led us in communion and we prayed over his parents. And then today, he said he woke up, you know, wasn't feeling it, didn't know. And he saw a scripture on his wall that said something like, I'm fully persuaded, Lord. And he goes, you know what, Lord, I'm fully persuaded that if I just come and I serve you today, if I just serve somebody else, I'm fully persuaded that you'll meet me. That's how persuaded I want to be. And it was like, he had every reason to take this week off. And no one would have cared. He could have taken this week off. And by all means, he should have taken this week off. Okay, need to hear that. We weren't the preachers like, put the church for it. Heck no. No, no, but I thought it was so beautiful to remind us that when you're on mission, it does something to your soul to overcome the temptations that maybe his parents are going to die, maybe this type of worry, and it does something for it ignites us. When we get a part of what God's doing, it reminds us that he's got a big story, a big purpose, and he's trying to win people over forever, right? And so thank God for the brother Jorge. Thank God for Jesus that reminds us that in the joy through the pain, number seven, set boundary lines far from the edge. I want to overcome temptation today. So if I want to not be tempted, and I know this is a temptation, I'm not going to be like, ooh, what they got? Ooh, what? Ooh. I mean, look, don't touch, right? You can see what's on the menu. Ooh. And you get all the way here, and we fall, and God catches us. But if we know that's an area of weakness, let's build a fortress. That even in our time of weakness, we got to deconstruct our own fortress. I've had to build some fortresses in my life to make it so difficult to sin. One of the best things to make it difficult to sin is, is, is just stepping into the call. Because who wants to show up like sinning? <laughs> because you're like, yeah, it's a horrible night. No. It does something for you. It it, it pulls out greatness in you on mission. So set boundary lines far from the edge. And uh, number eight, this one's big, this one's big, this one's big. Be honest that we are broken. Number nine, remembering that our victory to our brokenness, it's the gospel. It's the gospel. That we're dead in sin. That he loved us before we loved him. And that anyone who believes and confesses that Jesus is Lord will be saved. The gospel, all people. What do we have to do to earn it? We can't, we'll never be good enough. We can't earn it. There's nothing we can do. God, what do I gotta put? In? No, nothing you can do. And in fact, I got this rock here. And this rock uh, was given to me. I don't know if you've ever heard of the guy named Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar is a, a very big, uh, well-known business coach. Got books, materials. He's went on uh, to eternity in 2012. I think he passed at 86 years old. But one of his right-hand guys, his name, um, or I got to hang out with this, one of his right-hand guys. And he was with Zig Ziglar for 21 years. So he's met leaders. He's met all kinds of people. And he sat and I had lunch with him. And he looked across the table and he looked at me and he goes, I see big things for you. And I was like, oh, well, that's awesome. I said, I don't know because I, I know my failures. I knew some of my seasons in my life. It's about seven, eight years ago. I was like, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I can handle it. And the conversation continued for about 20 minutes. And they checked me at the end of it. He put me on blast. You know what he said? He goes, you said something that you were completely wrong about. You said, you didn't know if you were good enough. And I want to tell you something. You're for sure not good enough. He goes, you'll never be good enough. He goes, and if you embrace that power when you're weak, you'll actually be strong. And he pulls out this rock, and he goes, I want to give you this rock. I carve rocks, and I want to remind you that Jesus is the rock, and he's the one we're building our life on. And as you remember that you can't do it, he can And I thought it was the coolest scripture that he carved in here. He carved Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. If you're familiar with Jeremiah 29, it's the chapter that fuels city life to seek the welfare of the city in a city that you didn't necessarily desire to be in. None of us, like we were just born here, right? But we're gonna pursue Lansing's best now, some of us moved here and we're here maybe outside of our own, but, but a lot of us, we've just got a bloom where we're planted. And you know what? That's by design, by God. This is God's city. This is the capital city of God, I believe. It's in the hand, the mitten. Like, I, I believe that. He looks down. He's like, yep, there's the hand right in the center. There's the land of Lansing. There they are. Oh, they're complaining again. They're mad at the union. What in the world? Little babies complain about potholes. Oh, I want to do something so great. They got so much love. I want them to seek the welfare of the city. And in the city's welfare, they'll find their own. And then the verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of hope for a future. All that, right? But the verse right after that, it says this. You will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, then They will call upon me and come to me and I will listen to you. So in other words, when you're with Jesus, he reminds us that he'll hear us and we can take every temptation to him. And that was a great reminder for me to know I'll never be able to do it. And I've experienced more victory from that kind of posture more victory from that humility, more victory over temptation by just being honest. And it's difficult. I'm saying sorry is hard, right? Saying you made a mistake again, it's difficult. It's easier to hide it. Because if you hide it, you feel like you're not hurting anybody. But let's be honest, we can all feel it. Let's get free today. Let's take just a moment. I want to pray for us. I know I took a lot of our time and But I just felt like it was really important today of where we're going as a people to get this junk out of our house. Let's close our eyes, take inventory for a moment. If you're here and you're like, you know what? I'm stuck in sin and I I just need Jesus. Today is the day that I want to give my life to the Lord and I, I, I need to be saved. I need to be set free. If you're here and you're like, okay, I need to make Jesus my Lord right here, right now. You mean business. Will you just raise your hand right now? I see those hands. It's good. No one, you don't need to look around. It's not the hype show. It's just between God and everybody. I pray today as you cry out to Jesus, he exchanges your sin for his righteousness. In the second crowd, I want to ask us and say, hey, if you've been feeling temptation at a high level, but giving into it, <laughs> even though you're a Christian, but giving into it, And I'll group you with the next crowd. That way no one's judging each other. And like, okay, what are they struggling with? Newsflash. I I heard heard stats like 65% of uh, people um, in in males in church have uh, looked at porn in the last 30 days. So if I told you 65% of this church did heroin in the last 30 days, we'd be tripping, right? God wants to free us of that. He wants to take those desires and make them intentional towards if we're single, he wants us to be intentional to pursuing one of his daughters. And ladies, it might be the same struggle. He wants us to be a vessel, be, be ready to be to be found and be ready and set apart. And married couples in the house, it's like, yeah, 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 the lie of the world that says it was gonna always be hot and steamy and it was gonna be amazing. It's, it's not. It's, it's kids, it's, it's bills, it's all kinds of stuff. So, But obedience is way better than a sacrifice. So the two crowds would say this. One, they're stuck in sin and need to repent. And then two, if you're feeling temptation and you just need a boost and you need to overcome it, will you raise your hand? If you're stuck in sin or you just need a boost and you just need a boost, to overcome temptation. Temptation could be as subtle as trust, doubt, whatever it is, right? Worry, discouragement. The temptation to give up. Father, you see these hands today. You see. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'll do a fresh work. We didn't come to church to just check the box. We came to church to have you do your best work in us. We need you. When we leave this place, the enemy comes to steal. The enemy comes to kill. The enemy comes to destroy. And it's dark and it's twisted. But you come to give us life. God, we exchange the temptation, we exchange the sin right now for the freedom of heaven. That the place of failure, the wilderness, the 40 years, that because of your faithfulness through 40 days and on the cross, that now we experience freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom from addiction. Freedom from worry. Freedom from disappointment. Freedom from wanting to give up. Oh, there's so many of us that just want to give up. Freedom from thoughts of suicide. Freedom from anxiety. Freedom from depression. Freedom from the temptation that says we're alone. We're not. That we checked into the hospital of heaven today. And you said yes. And you said yes great physicians at work right now, correcting bones, administering ointment, prescribing custom game plans for each one of us so that we'll walk strong and the angels of heaven will come and minister to us right now in the name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. If you believe God did a work today, come on, let's give him some praise. God, we believe you did a work in us. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.